What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. We are three guys that just quit The Witcher with nothing better to do. I'm Matt Johnson, and we need Stephen Amell back as Green Arrow, right? Where is he? Is he okay? Do I care? I don't know. Maybe not. I'm Keith Baker, and I can't wait for Black Adam 2. And I'm Austin Terry. And there's no possible way they could recast Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, right? I guess we'll see. You wouldn't think so. But on today's show, of course, we are capping off our year with a discussion on the recent crazy state of the DC universe. James Gunn over from the MCU and Peter Safran are in and ready to make some big changes. So we're going to run down everything going on at DC, take a look at what is still in development and coming out in 2023 and beyond, and try and predict, I guess, what the James Gunn and Peter Safran's DC division will look like in general. So sit back, grab your popcorn or box of tissues, depending on how you feel about these recent developments, and get ready for another wild ride. Hopefully the last wild ride, guys, through the wild world that is the DCEU. Remember two years ago when they spent $70 million to make the Snyder Cut? I do. I guess it was worth it. I don't know. (laughs) All right, everybody, let's go ahead and get into this. Austin, this could have been... A quick episode a few weeks ago, but now not so much. So I'm going to leave it to you. Where should we start? I think we got to start with the, I guess, the biggest news, which is that James Gunn of Marvel fame is now running the show for DC along with Peter Saffron. He was hired shortly after the release of Black Adam and kind of threw Dwayne Johnson's power grab over at DC uh, in the flux. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's worth at least noting that like the James Gunn, Peter Saffron team is um, a pretty consistent one. If you look at James Gunn's filmography, Peter Safran is a consistent producer for him. Uh, they, of course, in terms of DC, at least, they produce The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker together. So they are a consistent team and as well as outside of DC. So whenever they were hired, I mean, that was pretty interesting. I mean, literally, it sounds like James Gunn finished up the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special and Guardians Volume 3 for Marvel. And he was like, yeah, man, I'm going back to D.C. I had a good time over there. I'm going to run the show, I guess. So pretty surprising. But honestly, I got to say, in terms of like a creative vision, one that Austin, I got to, you know, pat myself on the back, one that I called a while back. And I, I feel pretty good about it. I think this is a these are guys that have good heads on their shoulders. They know this stuff. And I think they could create a fun world for us. Yeah, I'm super excited to see the James Gunn vision. That's the thing that excites me the most. Um the interesting thing about too is he just doesn't strike you as an executive, and he's not necessarily—he's oh, yeah. not just a creative lead. He is in charge of DC Studios. He's essentially the CEO of DC right now. So that's that's the weird thing to me is that like the vision I'm excited for, but James Gunn as an executive, it's just very interesting. I, I don't think I I can't recall um, a filmmaker of his capacity like stepping into an executive role at a studio. Is it bad? The first thing I thought of when I read that article was. Wondering how much he's, is he going to be getting paid? No. What his salary is. I always want to know that stuff. <laughs> I'm so curious. <laughs> well, it's it's definitely a, a base salary. And then I'm sure there's an incentive deal tied to box office returns as well. Oh, I mean, you got to think about the extra, like a button on top of it. It's like he's the co-CEO with Peter Safran. So I, I guess, I don't know how that works. I assume he gets paid a little bit, at least with like, Every movie, he must have a yearly salary. And then he's also announcing, hey, I'm going to write the new Superman movie. So it's like, oh, well, he's going to get paid for that, too. So he's like getting 
three, four, or five times <laughs> the paycheck per movie. So, I mean, a very cushy deal, I guess. So I guess for anybody listening, trying to understand what this means, like what is James Gunn's role? Uh, if you look at the MCU, there's Kevin Feige, and he is the creative czar over the entire vision. He greenlights projects that get made. Um, he nixes other things that he doesn't think fits their vision. That's now James Gunn. Uh, that was originally Zack Snyder way back in the day with Man of Steel. He never got, I don't think, the amount of authority uh, that James Gunn say. is getting. That's what I was going to say. Like Zack Snyder had the creative control, but after like a couple movies in a row didn't do well, they were like, okay, we're going to change it. And the reason they could do that without his input is because he was not an executive. He was not a co-CEO, right? So that's kind of the difference here, which is why it's kind of extra shocking. It's like, not only is James Gunn coming on board in like a Zack Snyder capacity, but also, oh, here are the entire reins to DC. It's like, oh, wow, that's different. That's interesting. And originally with Zack Snyder, the only reason he got a say in like the casting of Batman and Wonder Woman is because they were appearing in Batman v Superman first. He didn't have a say in like, oh, we're going to make Wonder Woman one. Whereas now James Gunn not only gets to kind of approve casting, he also gets to say, hey, Wonder Woman 3, we're not doing that anymore. Uh, Henry Cavill, you're not back as Superman because I'm writing my own movie. So he has all of that authority now, which we've never really had for the DCEU. So the new DCU that Gunn is going to create, that is, is this going to scratch everything from, the, from the, what we've already seen? That's the big question. Will it scrap everything? I don't know if we can go that far at this time. I think it's fair to say it's going to... I don't know, reboot, reinvent, whatever you want to call it, most of it. I think you're going to see tons of recastings, maybe here and there. You'll see, like, I don't know, like one or two people keep a role for whatever reason. Um, the highest caliber actor confirmed to be keeping their role at the moment is Zachary Levi as Shazam. Uh, he apparently mm. is staying on in that capacity because his movies were never really tied to the broader DCEU stuff. And I guess he just kind of fits the creative vision that James Gunn is going for. But his movie was tied to Black Adam, though, right? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> it was supposed to be, but The Rock was like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. I want to do my own thing. And it sounds like maybe that worked out pretty well for the Shazam crew, because the fact that The Rock distanced himself means that that Shazam team might be able to stay in this universe, because that was supposed to connect, but it never did. Unwittingly. Dwayne Johnson trying to carve out his own piece of the pie for the DC. He actually saved an entire production crew's jobs <laughs> by, with his selfish acts. <laughs> we'll see. I don't want to like feel bad like a year from now. I feel like actually Zachary Levi's out. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I guess to answer your like good opening question, Keith, we don't really know yet. It sounds like uh, in like the beginning of January, we're supposed to start hearing about projects. So maybe like a couple of actors here and there will keep their roles, but it sounds like most of them are going to be recast, redone and reinvented. So it's going to be like a whole new thing, so to speak. It's almost going to be like the first big project is going to be like Iron Man in 2008 in terms of like the greater universe implications. It's like, oh, this is the first chapter in this story. So they're, they're going big for sure. So I guess we should get into the Black Adam of it all because... I would have Ugh. never predicted at the beginning of 2022 that Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam would be a pivotal piece of the DCEU and not in the way he was hoping. Um, so let me run you through kind of the timeline of events for Mr. Dwayne Johnson. On October 11th, uh, The Rock teased a Black Adam v. Superman movie while doing press for Black Adam, which of course started the rumor mill, is Henry Cavill back? Two days later, The Rock confirms that there is a Henry Cavill cameo in Black Adam. First weird thing. We got to talk about that. 
we're living in a world now where it's okay for people working on a movie to announce to the world that, hey, I'm bringing back this huge actor, but it's only in a post credit scene. What? Better go see my movie. Yeah, go see my movie. Watch the entire thing just so that when the credits roll, you can see Henry Cavill as Superman. What a sell, Dwayne. <laughs> what a swell. <laughs> it is um it is worth noting Dwayne Johnson and Henry Cavill at the time had the same um agent in Danny Garcia, who is also Dwayne Johnson's ex-wife, also runs his production company. They went around at the time of the head of DC, Walter Hamada. They went around him and just shot this cameo and put it in the movie. So he just kind of went rogue for a bit. Uh, Walter Hamada in the middle of that was kind of fired. So a week before the movie, they announced, hey, Henry Cavill's in it. Uh, the movie premieres a week later. Three days after the premiere, Henry Cavill confirms, hey, everyone, I'm back. The following day, it is announced that James Gunn <laughs> and Peter Safran are hired. I feel so bad laughing, but it is so funny to think about. Henry Cavill like releases this big, like, I watched it on, on Instagram, this heartwarming video of him, like, you know, just earnestly saying, you know, everyone, it's it's been a long time. I know there's been a lot of questions and I can confirm it now for the first time in like half a decade. I am back as Superman. The next day, James Gunn is hired. <laughs> He's like, oh, we're doing things different. <laughs> James Gunn is hired. On that day, it's like all the articles are like, hey, things look bright for DC. We got Henry Cavill back. Uh, James Gunn is in charge. No joke. Less than two months later, Henry Cavill has to retract his statement, take down his Instagram post and release another statement saying, I met with James Gunn today. I will not be returning as Superman. God. It's a wild timeline. And it all centers around Black Adam himself, Dwayne Johnson. Well, you said something earlier, Austin. Um, you said they went rogue. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they went rogue and put him in there when they shouldn't have. So who approved that? They went all through the post-production, editing and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, yeah, this is good. Keep him in. Reporting on that is a little murky. From what I've gathered... They kind of got lucky with the timing of it all because um, there was the big sale of Warner Bros. to Discovery. It's now Warner Bros. Discovery. There's a new CEO of the entire company named David Zaslav. On the DC side of things, there was a bit of a vacuum in leadership because Walter Hamada had just been fired and they hadn't hired a new head of DC Studios yet. So because of this, there's still all the uproar of the fans with the Snyderverse. You're a new CEO. You're trying to generate buzz. So Dwayne Johnson kind of went to this new leadership team over total Warner Bros. Discovery and said, here's what I want to do. And then they greenlighted it while at the same time they're trying to hire somebody for to take over that role for DC Studios. Mm, yeah, okay. the thing I keep saying, the, like, I think a good word would be that Dwayne Johnson, because remember, if you think about people like, you know, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, those characters are super important. But in terms of like creative control, they had relatively none. In regards to Dwayne Johnson, you know, he's playing Black Adam, which is like a character that, you know, isn't as important. But he, you know, his star power is super important. He was a, like a big producer on Black Adam. So the thing I kept seeing is that he kind of strong armed DC into putting Henry Cavill in there. So if I, I, mean, I guess if you're a big Henry Cavill Superman fan, you might be grateful. But in terms of like the people behind the scenes, they were like, Jesus, it sounds like Dwayne was going to walk off the fucking movie if we didn't put Henry Cavill in it. So kind of like a weird back and forth because he had that producer control. He was able to do some of those things. It's also worth noting in between James Gunn being hired and then 
Henry Cavill stepping down again as Superman, uh, Black Adam flopped at the box office. And because of that flop, what they read from that was that the fan base was not invested in Dwayne Johnson's vision for the DCEU, meaning they didn't think the fan base cared about seeing Black Adam and Superman square off, um, meaning they thought it was easier for James Gunn to kind of reboot everything, and they thought this would go over more smoothly. Yeah, just to be clear on that, um, the budget reportedly on Black Adam was $260 million, which if you go by the old classic um, way of looking at it, which is like, how do you break even on a movie? You take the budget, the production budget, and multiply it by two, and that's how you factor in the marketing budget. So for Black Adam to be even like break even, it had to make like $520 million. The worldwide box office for Black Adam, everybody, is 390. So it lost over $100 million at the box office. <laughs> but he spent 15 years making the movie. I know. We kept hearing him say it. Sorry, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder if Black Adam had been a billion dollar movie, is James Gunn hired the next day and forced to keep The Rock on board in an executive producer role? Maybe. So it's kind of interesting. You know, you think about that shit. I don't know. Maybe it worked out for James Gunn and Peter Safran. They can kind of come into this role and get a blank slate because why would we continue doing that franchise when it like lost that much money? So I don't know. Maybe it kind of worked out for the best. I mean, Dwayne Johnson kept telling us the hierarchy of power was going to change, and he was right. It changed, just not the way he thought it was going yeah, to. Yeah, I, I was about to say, and he was wrong, but I guess in a way, he was eventually right. <laughs> it changed, <laughs> and he is not in it anymore. <laughs> so I guess to put a button on the whole Black Adam, it just is very interesting to me how all of this centers around Black Adam. Like, even kind of the big reporting it end, the timeline kind of ends with Dwayne Johnson announcing he's not returning for Black Adam 2. Like it starts with Black Adam and it ends with Black Adam. And it's so funny to me that somehow this all revolves around Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I like how quick it was, I know. too. It was so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it still a theaters right now? Maybe. That's a good question, Keith. It might be. <laughs> I mean, and I just like, saw I'm it like three weeks back. ago. <laughs> so there's going to be like some late bloomers that go see it. I'm like, oh, my God, Superman and Black Adam. And it's like they go on Twitter the next day. Uh, Hello, everyone. I'm not returning as Black Adam. <laughs> because Dwayne Johnson kind of got Henry Cavill back for a, for two weeks, he did get the Snyderverse crew kind of on his side. Um, he was like the hero to that camp. Now, of course, with James Gunn coming in charge, him and Peter Safran are kind of getting the vitriol of the release the Snyderverse crew or restore the Snyderverse now. Fire James Gunn is always trending on Twitter every day now. I think it's worth noting how well it seems like they're handling this on social media. Um, they're meeting with everybody face to face. James Gunn is interacting with people, answering their questions. There's always a new thread on his Twitter. Patty Jenkins, Henry Cavill, Dwayne Johnson, they're all putting out statements saying, here's what's happening. James Gunn is replying to them, kind of backing them up, saying, yep, we had a cordial meeting. Uh, they're not moving forward. We're all on good terms. Like, I think they're handling it really well, as best they can, kind of given the situation they've all been thrown into. Oh, yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Like, I, I hate social media for the most part, but I think it's kind of cool that someone like James Gunn is put into this position of running, you know, or co-running DC Studios, and he has not changed his Twitter presence. Like, people will tweet at him asking questions like, Hey, James, like, you know, are, are you like hoping to see 
Green Lantern come into the DC universe soon. He's like, yeah, man, that's like one of my biggest priorities. It's like, oh, that's cool. So, I mean, he's being pretty personal about it for the most part. Like he's like telling like the trolls to fuck off, which is always fun. And I think, you know, worth doing because they're the worst. Um, But for the most part, he's being pretty professional. He's like, look, I know there's like a a vocal minority clearly talking about the Snyder verse and Snyder movement. And he's like, I know a lot of them might want us to do things differently. And we're going to do some things differently and some things maybe will be familiar. And, you know, I hope you like it. So I don't know. It's cool. It's nice to have like this like like high up of an executive figure in terms of these movies, like have this presence on social media because Kevin Feige, who I love, does not have that at all. Like, I mean, we love Kevin Feige. He has that like charisma and he's like this great, you know, like um, kind of genius architect for the Marvel side. But like, we don't really know him at all. Whereas James Gunn is kind of cultivating this thing. It's like, I'm going to do that same thing for DC, but also I want to communicate with you all. I want to like have conversations and stuff. So it's kind of fun seeing his conversations like online. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I think my favorite example of this I can give for people that don't follow this stuff as closely as we do is it was announced that Wonder Woman 3 was canceled. It had been reported that Patty Jenkins turned in a script. She was asked to rewrite it. And she basically told them, I'm not going to rewrite it. So that was what was reported and kind of got put out there immediately. She later followed up with a statement saying, I never walked away. I turned in my script. I would have rewritten it. Um, they just didn't ask me to. James Gunn directly replied to Patty Jenkins and said, I can attest this is true. Every interaction we've had has been cordial. So he's also kind of doing what he can to debunk false reporting when it's not true, um, put people where he needs to kind of in a better limelight. So because that original reporting made Patty Jenkins look pretty bad. And it yeah. was, it's kind of nice to see James Gunn come out and say, this is it's just not true, that reporting. This is what's actually happening. I was in the room for these meetings. Uh, so I guess it is worth kind of getting into what we know has been canceled. Who's being recast? Uh, Matt, you want to kind of kick that off for us? Yeah, I was going to say, that's the kind of the perfect transition, (laughs) whether we like it or not. I mean, we have these ongoing franchises, right? So it it stands to reason whenever you bring on new people like James Gunn and Peter Safran that you're going to have to recast them because they seem to want to do a completely different vision. So how do you do that? It seems like we're going to say goodbye to a lot of the familiar faces. Uh, maybe like we said at the beginning, like oh, maybe a few stay on and maybe they just change the demeanor. I don't know. That I feel like that would also be kind of weird and goofy, but we haven't gotten any confirmation like fully. It sounds like Austin said, it sounds like Zachary Levi Ashazam could stay on, but we'll see. It's also worth calling out before we get into this part of it. This is normal. Like anytime a new boss comes in, oh, yeah. regardless if it's a movie or not, they want to hire their their own people. The same for James Gunn. It's his vision now. He's in charge of it. It's not abnormal for him to be recasting. It's all, like look at how many people have played Batman over the oh, years. Yeah. It always happens. This is not an abnormal thing. Um, where the Snyderverse camp is acting like Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck, they should be there until like they die essentially and that's just not how this works like people always get recast even superhero origins change in comics like all this stuff is constantly changing and in flux yeah i agree i mean you said it best it's not just with movies it's like in the everyday real world if if something's not performing then why are you doing the same shit yeah i mean the thing that uh, to go off your guys's point i totally agree but what makes this all the more of like a unique interesting perspective it's like 
I don't know. I mean, what's the oldest like shared universe? Maybe like the universal like dark universe back in the day. Like if you thought like if you saw like the old Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman movies, those were connected. Black Lagoon. Right. You saw the same actors and actresses kind of crossover. But that wasn't like fully popularized in like the modern era until the MCU. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's one thing for George Clooney to play Batman and then that flop to fuck. <laughs> and then uh, years later, Christian Bale and Chris Nolder are like, we're going to do something different. And then they do. It, it is kind of fascinating in this situation because this was supposed to be an MCU-like universe, right? Where everything was connected. And now they're supposedly just stopping kind of in the middle and saying, no, 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 no. We got to do something different. So in that sense, this is really different kind of unique fascinating and it's like okay i i guess do they just get rid of all that because i mean i know it's weird to think about because like what if whenever avengers i don't know two came out and most people didn't like that movie and what if that like vitriol was so big they're like oh, well fuck i i sorry i guess we really messed this up i guess we'll just start over we'll recast iron man captain america and everybody and we'll try again in a weird way, that's kind of how this is. And that's what makes it like so interesting to talk about because they're abandoning this thing that they started in 2013 with Man of Steel. They're just saying, all right, that's done. We're doing something different now. And that's that's a fair point. We haven't seen a reboot in the middle of something of this calendar before. I, I do agree with that. Um, I also, as much as I don't like the Snyderverse people on Twitter, the ones that call out, hey, Henry Cavill and all of them never got a fair shot. I do actually tend to agree with that. Um, as much as the fan base is annoying, I still like a lot of Zack Snyder's DC movies. I still enjoy BVS. I think Man of Steel is underrated. Love the Snyder Cut, all that. Um, it is unfortunate for both Zack Snyder and all these actors that after the second movie in their shared universe, Warner Bros. was like, oh no, we can't see this through all the way. That's very unfortunate. They've always meddled in their films. So I, I hear that side of it, but it's, it's the trolling and the toxicity online. That's where it gets me. And like, that's kind of where I lose the Snyderverse people. Oh, yeah. That minority of fans is disgusting. I'm not going to say anything else about it. I think it's it's Star Wars toxic fans and DC toxic fans. There's nothing worse than that online. They're just disgusting people. Um, but I do what I do want to talk about with with both you guys is what Austin was just talking about, like with Henry Cavill. Let's just talk about all of them. Like anybody. Is there anybody that you're going to miss? When it comes to this kind of established cast, like these movies that we've seen over the last several years, I mean, you know, like, who do you think, like Austin said, Henry Cavill got like an unfair shot, which I also agree with. I would love to I would have loved to have seen him come back. Um, who else would you do you feel the same way about it? I guess is my question. Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel the same way about Ben Affleck. Uh, Gal Gadot, even Jason Momoa to an extent. I'm going to miss all of them. Um, and it sounds like they're all being recast. I still, th I think they all kind of got the short end of the stick. Maybe Jason Momoa got a fair shot because he didn't, like his movie was received a little better. Same with Gal Gadot. But they were all tied to the Snyder stuff. They were all tied to the old regime of Warner Bros. meddling in those films, which caused them to be poorly received at the box office. It's really unfortunate we're never going to get to see a Man of Steel 2 or another Superman movie with Henry Cavill because it felt like in the Snyder Cut he was coming into the more traditional Superman that we're used to. It's a shame we're never going to get to see Ben Affleck's solo Batman movie with him 
kind of stuck in Arkham Asylum that was pitched to us. That sounded super cool. Wonder Woman 3 not coming back. Wonder Woman 1's a fantastic comic book movie. Um, I'm kind of with Keith in 84, but I did want to see a, a Wonder Woman 3 set in modern day. I was super excited to see where she's at post the events of the Justice League movie. So there's a lot of stuff I was excited for. Um, I am bummed that we're not seeing these actors come back, but at the same time, I'm super excited to see what James Gunn is going to put together for us. Jason Momoa, too, is Aquaman. I enjoyed him as Aquaman. I thought, that, I thought the movie was fun. He made Aquaman cool. Like, as, even, regardless of what you think about that first movie, his persona made Aquaman a cool yeah. character. For so long, he had been the butt of a joke, and, he's, and Aquaman's not that anymore. Why did DC prematurely jump into a merge film like Justice League instead of instead of giving these people more than one movie like you know how Marvel had Iron Man 1 Iron Man 2 everybody had kind of had their own movie at least the you know some of the bigger three then they had the other ones coming later but they gave Henry Cavill 1 um well no they didn't even give Wonder Woman 1 until after Justice League so they gave Henry Cavill 1 and then they did Batman v Superman which included Superman which was a shitty sequel for his story. And then it's also, here's Batman, the main character. Oh, and, and also Wonder Woman's in it. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question, Keith, because the reason they did that, to answer your first part of that question, is at the time they wanted to do it differently than the way Marvel did it. They felt audiences were tired of the solo origin stories because um, at that point we were kind of coming off of Avengers, I believe, at that time. So we had seen the big team-up movie. And so they thought, this is what audience want and expect now. We need to get to our team at movie as quick as we can. So they did it with their second film. Looking back, that probably wasn't the best approach. I also think what hurt them, though, is Warner Bros. came in with DVS and said, hey, you can't release a long movie, cut it down. So we got the studio, or we got the theatrical release, and then we got the Ultimate Edition. It is interesting to think about if we had gotten the extended Ultimate Edition, which was received better than the original take of BVS, would we be in this boat today? Would we still be seeing Zack Snyder's kind of universe if they hadn't meddled in their films? Same thing with Suicide Squad. Regardless of what you think of David Ayer, that is a studio meddled movie where they jumbled everything up. Supposedly there is an air cut out there somewhere. I have no interest in seeing it. But I just wonder if Warner Bros. had stayed hands off and let their creators kind of run with their projects, would we still be sitting here today having this conversation? I don't think their plan was wrong with trying to do it different from Marvel. I know at the time I did, but I can at least now, looking back on it, watching the Snyder Cut with you guys um, last year at this point, like, uh, almost two years ago, I guess. Um, the cool thing about that movie is if you picture, if you close your eyes and picture that movie as that was supposed to be theatrical in 2017, which is even crazier of a year to think about, that was supposed to be the Justice League movie, right? So... We hadn't met Aquaman fully. We hadn't met Cyborg fully. We hadn't met Flash fully. But whenever the credits rolled on that Justice League movie, I was like, damn, dude, I'm really excited to see an Aquaman, Flash, and Cyborg solo movie. Of course, the unfortunate thing was that wasn't the movie that was released theatrically. So <laughs> we didn't get those movies. We're getting a Flash movie next year, but I think that's going to be the end of uh, this current era of DC. <laughs> so it's a whole weird, different thing. So I guess I don't have an issue with how they structured it, but at the beginning, I certainly did. I mean, like, I, I guess I already just mentioned it. It's like I, I, Man of Steel's movie, I like more and more the more I watch it. I still have huge problems with that movie, but I think ultimately it is very good overall. The fact that the sequel, quote unquote, to that movie is Batman v Superman I mean, Superman is a non-factor in that movie. He is such a fucking, like, 
blank, like white piece of toast character. I mean, he's like, <laughs> I think if I remember right, he has like 40 lines of dialogue. I mean, Zack Snyder wanted to make a Batman movie and he wanted to make a Batman that just murders everybody with like glee on his face. So it's very bizarre. They went from Batman v Superman to Suicide Squad. What a way to build out your universe. Like, we <laughs> we saw those characters come back, like, what, half a decade later in James Gunn's version? Like, some of them, but most of them were then just killed. So what was the plan there? No clue. Weird idea. I don't well, know. Well, I think the, the plan originally would have been that the Suicide Squad characters we met in David Ayer's movie, some of them we would have seen in Arkham Asylum and Ben Affleck's solo movie. It's a good call. It's a good idea. <laughs> Didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) Did not work out. And I I think that's what I'm going to take away um, from the whole Snyder era is so many cool ideas were thrown at us that never got made. And I don't know where where to put that blame. Zack Snyder was in charge for all extents. So some of this blame does fall on him, of course. I think a lot of the blame falls on Warner Bros. I don't think any of the blame falls on these actors. I think everybody that has been cast is perfectly cast and just never got a fair shot at these characters. I think, kind of to your point, the things I'm going to miss aren't the actors necessarily, aren't the movies even that I heard about. It's just the the premises. You guys know that I'm a big like premise guy. I love like a good like a log line for something. It gets me ant, gets me excited. And the idea when they originally announced that Ben Affleck and Jeff Johns are writing a solo Ben Affleck Batman movie that was kind of based on the Arkham Asylum video game where he got trapped in Arkham Asylum and was now having to kind of escape and it was going to include like a bunch of classic villains. I was like, holy shit, that sounds awesome. Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke. Yeah. And and just the fact that we're, I'm just going to miss the premises. Like, will I miss Ben Affleck as Batman? Not really. The only version of him that I fully like is the Snyder Cut version. But even that, I have to kind of take in a vacuum because he's so much more optimistic, which they did not earn in the previous movies. But if you look at that movie just like by itself, it's like, man, this works so well. Um, I'll miss that version. I'll miss that version of Henry Cavill coming back. I'm going to miss Wonder Woman in general. I don't know. I'm going to miss Jason Momoa. You guys know I, I like Aquaman quite a lot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss them all. I'm going to miss um, Ray Fisher as Cyborg. I know Ray Fisher has had kind of his ups and downs with DC and Walter Hamada specifically. And now it seems like with James Gunn potentially. Um, but I'm going to miss all these actors. What about Jeremy Irons as Alfred? What a great casting. J.K. Simmons as Gordon. Man, they... Amy Adams as Lois uh, Lane. Amy, oh, dude, Amy Adams as Lois Lane. They they botched so much of this. And is that on them, to your point, Austin? I don't know. But I, I'm going to miss a lot of what could have been, I guess is how I would put it. Because there's lots of projects that we could have had that would have been awesome with these great actors and performers, and we're not going to get it now. That's not to say that James Gunn and team won't do something better, but these ideas are pretty cool. And to your point too, Matt, before we move on, like how many conversations have you and I had just by ourselves saying... God, I don't necessarily love what Zack Snyder is doing with Batman, but I can't wait to see this Batman in a different in different hands. Or I can't yeah. wait to see this version of Henry Cavill when he does the classic Boy Scout stuff. Like, if you think back on 2013 when they announced some of these castings, DC had higher caliber talent than Marvel did at the time. Oh, they yeah. had A-list stars coming into these roles, and somehow all their shit flopped. It's just <laughs> it's insane. 
<laughs> it's crazy to think about. Jason Moe was like, Aquaman 1 made over a billion dollars. How am I getting recast? <laughs> he should sue. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Jason Momoa, I'd sue the shit out of him. Okay, so this is, of course, a news-focused episode on DC. It's kind of turned into a moratorium on the Snyderverse, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, we're all kind of sad to be saying goodbye to some of these characters. But Matt, who do we know for sure? is either just fully out of the DCEU or being recast into different parts. Well, I don't know, Austin. That's where I'm going to have to kind of rely on you because there's been some back and forth, and in, in, in some ways it's like different positions. Like, for example, one of the most – I'll do like a weird one and a fun one. I'm going to turn it over to you, Austin. The fun one, Ben Affleck, you know, shot scenes for The Flash and even Aquaman 2. We don't know if those scenes will stay in. I imagine at least for The Flash, they would. I think there's, those are going to be more important. Um, but with like Flashpoint, you can kind of just rewrite time. So maybe after that movie is done, they can just go into James Gunn's new thing. The point being, it seems like after next year, right, we're going to be saying goodbye to a lot of these familiar actors. But kind of the fun aspect of that is you can have somebody like Ben Affleck, you know, finally say goodbye to Batman, who's been playing like several times for several years. But we've been hearing about and I don't know if you know this, Keith, it sounds like James Gunn and Ben Affleck had a meeting recently for Ben Affleck to direct an upcoming DC movie. Not necessarily something Batman related, but just because since he's such a great director with, you know, Argo, Gone to Be Gone, The Town, all that stuff, it's like, hey, man, you know, we don't want to, like, lose your talent. Like, stay on and direct something because I know you love this world. And that might happen. And then you have the very weird thing, Austin, which I know <laughs> you know about, which is it sounds like Jason Momoa had a similar meeting <laughs> with James Gunn. And they were like, hey, man, you can't play Aquaman anymore. Do you want to play Lobo? And Jason Moore said, okay. <laughs> well, no, no, he didn't just say okay. He called it his dream project. He said he would prefer to play Lobo over Aquaman. Who's Lobo? He's like a fun space bounty hunter side character in the DC universe. So Jason Moe is going to go from like a main Justice Leaguer to like a fun kind of goofy side character. And that's like his dream role, I guess. Here, Keith, I'm going to text you a photo of Lobo. <laughs> I mean, whatever photo you pick, Austin, I imagine it's going to look like Jason Momoa. Yeah. It's like he decent looks, casting, I guess. It's a good casting. Yeah, he looks but the part. But it's a downgrade. Keith, <laughs> I just texted you the photo. I want to get your live reaction on the podcast. Okay. I mean, I could see it, though. Oh. I could see it. He's going to go to the gym, though. Jeez, this guy's like, freaking, like a bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's the weird thing is is taking Jason Momoa, who now is kind of like synonymous with Aquaman and recasting him as Lobo, who to most audiences, most DC people, is going to be a very unknown character. He's a fun, like he's basically a, a biker gang in space. Um, the weird thing is James Gunn called Lobo a priority, which I know James Gunn loves his unknown character. It's just what he did with Guardians. It's what he did with the Suicide Squad. I cannot fathom how you build a DC universe around Lobo. So if you called him a priority just because he loves side characters, great. But if Lobo is like the center point of the DCEU, I just don't know how that works. The hope is that James Gunn sat down with Jason Momoa and just said, hey, man, you're out as Aquaman. I'm sorry, 
But the good news is you're in as Lobo. I know it's a character that you like. It's a character I like. And I want you to stay on in this new universe as that. Are you in? Just Moe's like, hell yeah, I'm in. Which is cool for him. It just sounds like that he and James gonna have a good relationship. And it's like, hey, my new DC universe, you don't fit into that. But I like you. Would you play a different character? So that's cool for Jason Momoa. But it's also weird for the whole, like, we got to recast Aquaman situation. <laughs> so that's the status of Jason Momoa. Um, we don't fully know the status of Gal Gadot. She posted something about Wonder Woman that kind of seemed like a goodbye, but we never, nothing's been confirmed. We do know Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman 3 is canceled, and Patty Jenkins is kind of out as kind of helming the Wonder Woman projects, but we do not fully know the status of Gal Gadot yet as Wonder Woman. I did just see it was rumored today. I know, Keith, this is for you and me. Austin can walk away from the camera for this one. Gal Gadot, I think it's interesting timing, has, it's been rumored that she's going to come back. For Fast 10. Oh, my God. Her character died <laughs> four movies ago. But it seems like Giselle might make a surprise resurrection a la Han, her boyfriend. They never so die. They never they die. They never die. So she might be coming back. And if that got rumored like days after this, it's probably because she was like, fuck, I, I'm not Wonder Woman anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about Henry Cavill. He is for sure out as Superman. James Gunn did say he is writing... A Superman movie, not an origin story, but just for a younger Superman. And because it's a younger Superman, Henry Cavill cannot return um, as Clark Kent. Also interesting, he's not directing it from what he said. Apparently, he's just writing it. And he's been writing it for a while, apparently. Like, it's like kind of almost ready to start assigning cast and crew to it. Yeah. So this is kind of our first hint. Uh, he said that we're going to find out about new projects in January, like I said at the beginning, but... These are there are a couple things that they've announced, uh, you know, since then. Where it's like this is one of them. Where it's like, okay, they're gonna write a young Superman movie. Okay, um, I have no predictions for casting <laughs> or anything like that. I don't know, but it sounds cool. I mean, I, I, over the years, ever since I was a kid and I watched like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited for the first time, I've like I've developed more of an affinity for Superman. Um, like more and more, like each year it feels like so. I'm excited for what James Gunn could do with Superman. And I don't know if you saw this, Matt, but a fan on Twitter asked James Gunn if projects like Young Justice, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited were influencing the way he wants to tell the story. And he said, yes. I'm excited. That's all I can say. I mean, we don't know anything about it. We just know that he's writing it. And I trust James Gunn as a writer. So it sounds cool. That's all I can really say. I'm, ex I'm excited about the idea of it. So that's the Superman talk. Um, I guess the last kind of big piece of the Trinity is The Flash, uh, who right now is played by Ezra Miller. Sounds like there's no way Ezra Miller returns. Sounds like they're just trying to get through this movie, and then they will recast The Flash. Which, in a weird way, kind of works out. I mean, we know this movie is about Flashpoint, uh, which is the story, the classic comic story of Barry, you know, trying to save his mom that died when he was a young kid. So he runs back in time as The Flash and ends up kind of fucking up time, and then at the end has to return to that old timeline after he kind of learns. Um, those lessons, maybe his old life was okay and he learned certain things to kind of um, put him on a certain path, so to speak. I wouldn't be surprised if this new Flashpoint, they just kind of edit it to end where, you know, he runs back in time to save his mom and then, I don't know, he, he, he runs forward in time at the end and then here we go, we're in our new DC universe produced by James Gunn and Peter Safran. Like, that would be a pretty <laughs> easy and 
solid, good way to do it. I don't know if they're that bold, but with Ezra Miller's, like like you said, Austin, all of their um, controversy, and it just keeps coming up, and it's pretty gross. I mean, it sounds like, I think they've even said at this point, there's no way Ezra Miller's coming back. So it's like, I don't know, just, you know, do this movie and like do like a full close on it, have them run forward in time, and then just do like a full reboot. That would be the hope, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, by the time this movie releases, they might be doing press from prison. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> there are still some DCEU movies in development for 2023 that are tied to the Snyderverse in a, in a loose fashion that are still coming out, but it sounds like some of these will be swan songs, some will be setting up to reboot the future, and then some, in, in the case of Shazam, could be movie number two, and then we see Zachary Levi again. So. Let me kind of run down what's still slated for release next year that is considered part of the DCEU, and then we'll, we'll talk on that briefly. So we have Shazam Theory of the Gods coming out. We have The Flash, which will be, it sounds like, kind of being used to reset the universe. We have Blue Beetle, and then we have Aquaman and the Last Kingdom to kind of cap off our year. So those are the, the four big DCEU films. Any thoughts on those? So this is a, oh, wait, so, oh man, this is already messing my head up. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, this is a movie that's announced to be coming out? It has a December 2023 release date. With Jason Momoa? With Jason Momoa. There's basically like a bunch of things that were already filmed. Gotcha, that gotcha. Are, They have to come out, even though James yeah. Gunn is on board. Like these things were done and have to come yeah. out, essentially. Okay. Well, then definitely looking forward to that. Like I said, I love Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Um, the Flash, whatever. Uh, sounds like there's a bunch of bullshit going on with it. And then Blue Beetle. I don't know what that's about or who that is, but sounds interesting. Yeah, Blue Beetle is Jaime Reyes's origin story, who has a an alien device um, that attaches to his back and kind of gives him a suit called a scarab, and he has his different abilities in the suit. Um, it's the first kind of big Latin hero for DCEU, which is super exciting. Um, looks like a very vibrant and artsy world that they're going to be showing us in that film. And Keith, I think you'll be excited about this more so than Austin, who I know knows a little bit more about it. But the star of Blue Beetle is Sholo Maraduena, who is. Um, the star of Cobra Kai. He is Miguel in Cobra ah, Kai. So okay. he is playing Blue Beetle. Um, and he's nice. great. He's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's a f- super fun, like compelling actor. Um, so that's the one that I'm most excited about. Um, great cast behind that movie. I love Blue Beetle from Young Justice uh, in particular. Um, I just think that's such like a, like a fascinating character. It, it's basically like, I don't know. It, it's a character that became a superhero on accident. This scarab falls on his back, and then he has to become the successor to Blue Beetle. It's kind of like they, they treat it as such in some comics and shows where it's like, yeah, you have Batman and Robin, right? Both Blue Beetle, uh, Jaime is the Robin, but he never had the Batman. It's like if Batman died, and then the thing fell on his back, and then he becomes the new thing. So he never has the successor. So it's really interesting to watch him interact with, like, the younger heroes, because they're all like, oh, man, it sucks. Like, you know, Batman's being a dick to me. Oh, Green Arrow's being a dick to me. I'm the sidekick. And he's like, I am kind of the sidekick, but I also don't really have that because my guy died and then this thing just fell on me. So it's like kind of it's a pretty interesting dynamic. So I love Blue Beetle. Very excited for that movie next year. The Flash. I'm with you, Keith. The only thing I'm excited about, like I got to say, I'm not the biggest fan of the Tim Burton Batman movies, but I do love Batman Returns. So there is enough Michael Keaton Batman love in my heart 
that it is interesting to think about him coming back. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> it is interesting with The Flash that originally Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Superman all had cameos, which since James Gunn's was hiring, which is only a month ago, those have now been cut from the film. It's been reported, so they're kind of fully cutting bait with those characters. And then James Gunn is actively promoting Blue Beetle, and it doesn't sound like Blue Beetle is really tied to the existing Snyder stuff. So there's a chance that that character with Blue Beetle moves forward into James Gunn's DC as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, why not? I mean, the things that haven't come out yet, you could definitely like reshape and reform to be part of your universe. Uh, I like the first Shazam as well. I know like Austin did. So I'm excited about the idea of a sequel. It's been several years now, so I hope it's good. Um, and same with Aquaman, like Keith. I, I love the first Aquaman. I thought it's not like a great movie, but it's such a blast. I just hope that that second one like feels, I don't know, like a, like a fun time as well. And I, I guess now with like the current you know, like a residency, like it has to kind of be a conclusion as well. So I'll, I'm curious to see how that works. Uh, it's crazy to think about that movie is not coming out for another year. Uh, it's not coming out until December 2023. That's insane. It's kind of going to feel pointless, too. I think so, because it was supposed to come out this December, and then it got pushed. Uh, so we'll see. I do love Dis Momoa, so I, ho I hope it works out. We'll see what happens. And then, of course, we have the other aspect of it where we have things that we know are happening or at least in talks to happen. Like we said, we have James Gunn's like younger Superman movie that he's writing. We have Ben Affleck that we know is being courted to direct a DC movie. Again, not necessarily Batman and not one that he would be in, but just a direct. Uh, we have Henry Cavill and Dwayne Johnson being eyed to reprise these roles in some fashion, like maybe way down the line, like in a multiverse story. But the big one is, you know, people are asking online, well, James Gunn, this is kind of weird because you're taking over uh, DC Studios now and you've already kind of had creative control in the past, right? You directed The Suicide Squad, the sequel to the 2016 or 2015 version, whatever it was, uh, which the three of us really, really enjoyed. But you made that and Peacemaker before you were ever involved with this. So... You know, you're sitting over here saying Henry Cowell's not coming back. Ben Affleck, sorry, man, you're not coming back. Gal Gadot, you're out. So does that mean, you know, Peacemaker and Suicide Squad get a pass? And the interesting thing is on Twitter, he was like, no, those those movies and those TV shows aren't safe. Like we might have to reboot a Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, like because we whenever I made those, I was not in charge of DC. And now that I am trying to reshape this universe and move forward. Uh, I might I might have to. So that's kind of another interesting aspect, because originally I think the Suicide Squad 2 was going to happen. And for sure, Peacemaker season two was going to happen. And now I don't know if those will, because now he's not just like a, a writer and director, but he's also now a studio head. So I don't think those will happen necessarily because they have to create this new universe. Yeah, that is interesting in the context of him saying I'm I'm in charge now, so I may have to reboot. I've kind of always felt, though even back with all the Snyder stuff, that the one person that seems untouchable is Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Yep. Everyone loves her in the role. She's perfect for it. I can't imagine they would recast her. That like that seems harder to believe to me than, than them recasting Henry Cavill. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think she's probably one of... I, I'm in full agreement. I think she's one of the most loved castings of all the DC universe. Even though she's not one of the, the biggest characters... Um, Everybody loves her. At least we all, us three all loved her. Well, she's had such a great arc. 
Like you could actually do something interesting with her now. Like you, you've gotten like kind of like the more villainous, like hard to um, agree with side of Harley out of the way. Why not move into the more like anti-hero or heroic side of Harley, which is a very fascinating angle of the animated show, the comics these days. I mean, Harley Quinn is a great character and I think they've put in the work. Why would you like throw it to waste? I don't know. And Margot Robbie, like you said, is such like a star. And James Gunn has worked with her directly on the Suicide Squad. I don't know if they would like, hey, I don't know if they would abandon that. I think that would be weird. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they did because the whole universe has to. But at the same time, I think they, I think they should keep her. Yeah, I feel I agree. Uh, OK, so that is the DCEU side of things, both the previous Snyder stuff and then the stuff that could potentially be moving forward with James Gunn. We do have this other side of DC, though, that they're calling Elseworlds. And it's not necessarily clear what power James Gunn has over this, because they're these are the ones like the, like Joker, like the Batman, that are fully separate that these creators kind of just run with. So far, none of these have been scrapped. So here for the Elseworlds project outside of the CEU, we know that these are in development, um, some actively moving forward. But we have the Batman two, of course, with Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves directing. We have Joker two with Joaquin Phoenix returning. Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, and Todd Phillips directing again. Then we have Constantine 2, which is an interesting one. Uh, that's a sequel. Keanu Reeves has been confirmed to be coming back for that one. And then the one that pops up every now and then that we hear about, and then it kind of goes away, is the J.J. Abrams Superman movie with Michael B. Jordan rumored to being attached to that project as Superman. This is the kind of the weird thing. It's like, to your point, Austin, how much control does James Gunn have? I don't know if he should have any over some of these, because keep in mind, he is the, you know, co-CEO of DC Studios, but David Zaslav is the head of Warner Brothers. So despite everything we've talked about today, James Gunn and Peter Safran still have to report to David Zaslav. They're not the head of Warner Brothers, so they don't get to approve everything. And it sounds like these projects that you just listed, Austin, are things that David Zaslav um, has approved. Like, at the at the highest level, he has said, these things still need to happen. We need a sequel to the Batman with the same team returning. We need Joker 2 with the same team returning. Um, we need maybe J.J. Abrams in the fold because Bad Robot, his production company, we do have a deal with them, um, and so on and so forth. So I don't know how much control they have. I, it, it, to me, it seems like these things are going to be kind of left alone. And that's what I hope for. I don't I don't ever want to see Robert Pattinson's Batman show up in the main universe with a new Superman, like James Gunn's young Superman, like hanging out. I don't want to see that. I don't think Robert Pattinson would do it either. I think he would quit. Yeah, I think he would, too. Uh, but Constantine, too, guys, 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 guys. And everybody out there listening, you got to go watch Constantine. I'm assuming it's on HBO Max. Keanu Reeves, Francis Lawrence. This movie rocks. It's very loosely based on the DC kind of a dark detective, like a Justice League dark-esque character. Because uh, in, <laughs> in the comics, that character wears like a like a brown like uh, film noir coat. He has a British accent and he smokes a bunch. And in this movie, he's played by Keanu Reeves uh, with black hair. He's not blonde and he speaks with an American accent. <laughs> so they were like, we'll keep some of it. But this movie is really fucking good. It's really fun. See, of the Elseworlds projects that we know about, that's the one I see being cut. Oh, I 100% agree with you there. <laughs> like, if they cut this, I would say, okay, I, I get that. But I really hope it happens. <laughs>
because uh, that first one is a really underrated movie. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Other than that, I mean, I, I feel like I that's like the one I'm actually excited for when it comes to like Batman 2. Like, of course, I'm excited for that, but I don't have like any additional thoughts on it. I want those same characters to pop up. I want those storylines to kind of, uh, you know, feel new and different. So we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about the prospects of all of these. But to your point, Austin, they could, I guess, be canceled. We'll see. I don't think there's any way the Batman 2 gets canceled. No, no. And that's actually, for me, that's my most anticipated DC anything. I cannot wait for the Batman 2. Me too. But I didn't know there was going to be a J.J. Abrams Superman with Michael B. So that's pretty cool. I don't know, Keith. Are you sure after what he did to your beloved Star Wars? Ugh. God, he did fuck that up. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Rise of Skywalker. I do like him as a director, though, but... <laughs> I do, yeah. too. I do, too. <laughs> let's, just not even, let's not even talk about Star Wars. Oh, man. Please, please. I don't want to. <laughs> All right. So that's that's the box office side of things. But, of course, HBO Max still has their streaming service. Also, might be changing its name to just Max, which would be weird. Uh, but there is all this other stuff out there that we don't fully know the status of yet, either. There's a Green Lantern core show that's been in development forever. And then kind of with the, the Matt Reeves' Batman universe, uh, we have the Arkham Asylum show, uh, and we have a Penguin show, both set in that universe. Peacemaker Season 2, who knows what that's happening. And then there's kind of their animated stuff, which is Young Justice, um, Harley Quinn, and then we have the live-actions Titan show. And maybe Doom Patrol is also dead. We have no clue yeah. the status of any of these. Like, do they just cancel all of these shows? I don't know. <laughs> the Penguin could, show with Colin Farrell? That one's going to happen. They started filming, I believe. Yeah, I think it has. It's Colin Farrell coming back as Penguin. It takes place after the Batman with him trying to, like, as we saw at the end of the first one, um, take control over the city while it's flooded. But then apparently Kristen Milioti, who we love from Palm Springs, is playing, I think, Sophia Falcone, John Turturro's daughter, and she's going to be, like, the villain or like I guess the antagonist trying to like stake her claim, so it's gonna be like a like, just like a power grab show, which sounds interesting. Could be cool. I mean, the Arkham Asylum, same thing. I mean, I can't wait for that. The premise sounds so cool. It's a horror show set in the DC universe, set in Arkham Asylum, with various villains popping up. I hope it's good. This is the idea of Batman not being in it seems weird, but maybe he is. I don't know. We'll see. I trust Matt Reeves though. I trust him after the Batman. We need we need an Arkham Asylum something. The idea of getting of Batman getting trapped in Arkham Asylum, I still think is one of the best Batman premises. It's perfect. Having to contend with all of his villains at once is awesome, and I would love that for that to be a show. And watching the animated series with with Arkham Asylum was always so fascinating to me. So yeah, I'd look forward to it. Speaking of the animated series, we had some uh, sad news this past year with uh, Mr. Kevin Conroy passing away. So what was y'all's reaction to that? And um, I guess how is this world affected by that? Oh, man, it hit me pretty hard. I got to be honest. Um, You know, celebrity deaths can be a weird thing, admittedly. And I know it's kind of fucked up to say, but sometimes you see them and like you go, oh, fuck. And then you just kind of move on. Or sometimes like for me with like Robin Williams, I'll never forget that. I mean, that that still kind of sticks with me. But Kevin Conroy, man, I saw that and I I still can't really stop thinking about it because Kevin Conroy has that interesting thing where he's become so synonymous with Batman for me that when I read Batman comics, when I watch Batman media, whether it's live action or animated, when I play Batman games, even if there's like a different voice or voice actor involved, he's kind of what I think of. 
because I was born in 94 and some of my earliest memories were watching the Batman animated series, the new adventures of Batman and Robin. Um, and then like Batman Beyond and like Justice League and Justice League Limited, which we already talked about. So it's like he's my Batman. So, yeah, man, it, it's so sad. Like he he died too young, privately of cancer. Um, great man. We'll miss him for sure. He's left a like everlasting mark on our culture without a doubt. Yeah, such a big part of my childhood. Uh, to Matt's point, still the voice of Batman in my head will probably always be, especially when I'm reading comics. That's just how I read Batman is in his voice. And also he did so much for fans outside of voice acting, like at Comic-Con events, um, even at the like the Make-A-Wish and all the hospi- like hospital stuff. Like He was always willing to help out other people. And he just he seemed like such a genuine, nice guy who kind of got his dream job and did what he could to make the world a better place. So he'll be sorely missed. It is exciting. He has one more performance uh, coming out next year as Batman. He'll be in the new um, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League game, and he will be once again returning as Bruce Wayne and Batman. I'm excited. Hell yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be a sad plan, but I'm, ex- I'm excited. All right. Well, RIP again, Kevin Conroy. We love you. Um, thank you for everything you've done. And, and now, before we close out, I guess it's time for the Arnie's Podcast Awards, which, is, of course, is the part of the show where we just, you know, pick something that we've been talking about today on the episode. It can be positive. It can be negative. It can be anything in between. It's just something that we feel deserves specific praise in one way or another. So, Austin, I'll start with you today. What do you think deserves an award? Yeah, I'm going to give the Game of Thrones Award. Uh, to Dwayne Johnson. Mm. He tried to play the Game of Thrones with DC Studios, <laughs> and he failed miserably. He he's now not even the character that he spent 15 years trying to play. He's not even that anymore. Uh, he lost. Dwayne, you kind of messed this up for everybody, and you won't be missed. We'll see you later. Go do something with Marvel. Sounds like he's Ned Stark. <laughs> <laughs> Got his head chopped off in season one. <laughs> I blame Dwayne Johnson for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to give the the My Man Award to Mr. Jason Momoa. Nice. Yeah, I think he definitely deserves the My Man Award. I'm glad he's coming out with a second movie. I wish he could stay in the franchise as Aquaman, but I'm sure he'll do good as Lobo. So (laughs) he gives the... uh, (laughs) What a statement. (laughs) I mean, it's the truth. He's not going to be... I (laughs) guess. It is funny, Keith, though, that my man quote actually fits Lobo better than oh, it does no. Aquaman, because his tagline for his, for himself is the main man. He calls himself the main man. My award is for the most played song of all time, and I'm giving it to the Batman 2 for whatever song that they have Nirvana play throughout that entire film. We got something in the way. In the first, the Batman. (laughs) And they're going to pick another Nirvana song, and they're going to play it throughout the Batman, too. It will probably be, I don't know, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Come As You Are, probably more realistic. Either way, it's going to be a Nirvana song, and it's going to be played at least 12 times in the film. And I can't wait. All right. Well, there you go. There's your full DC breakdown. So with that, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really would appreciate that. So continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. If you want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts really does help us out. 
at the Arnie's is our social and the Arnie's.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday for our first show of the year 2023 with our third annual Arn Academy Awards, which is our award show covering all of 2022's media. What were our favorites? What were our least favorites? Oh, man, we have a lot to go through. We're still going to let you know. We're putting our categories together and nominees very, very soon. But guys, how are you feeling? I'm excited. 2022, another full year of the Arnie's out of the way. Very grateful for you guys, as always, and our listeners. It's been a fun time. It's been good to be here. It's been a great year. We've had a blast doing this podcast and and excited for everybody to keep listening and, and all the things we're going to cover next year. Yeah, I will copy all of that. Uh, thankful to the listeners. Thankful for my two co-hosts, Matthew and Austin. I'm only thankful for Matt. Oh. I'm thankful for Keith. And then I'm thankful for Austin. <laughs> um, all right. And lastly, we want to hear from you guys. So please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. What did you think of everything going on at DC? Is James Gunn the guy to spearhead this? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. Thanks again, like we all said, for hanging out with us and listening. It's been an amazing ride. We love recording this. We love doing this podcast. You know, it's fun for us, but it's also fun that you all are engaging with and enjoying it. It's been an amazing time. So I know none of that, what I just said, has to do with DC. And frankly, I can't think of anything. Um, DC sucks. Hopefully, James Gunn makes it better. Uh, We'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't one of our first episodes DC? It was Man of Steel. Yeah. It was our very so, first. Yeah. Oh, I didn't fitting. think We're about ending that. with a DC episode on what? our third year. <laughs> We're ending <laughs> this year. This year. I mean. <laughs> you imagine like we just like we never come back. <laughs> no one coming. We're just not happening, guys. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. It's an idea. But hopefully we see you next time. Have a great New Year's. Catch you soon. See ya. The hierarchy of power in the Shut DC up. universe <laughs> is about to change. <laughs>